This, this, this is Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 285. We are the Fight Disciples. This is dedicated to the world of boxing. If it's the first time you've ever come across us, you can get us on iTunes. Uh, just look for the words Fight Disciples. Please subscribe, write reviews and all that, which helps us in the iTunes chart. You can also get all Android feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, and as ever, I'm going to push the old social media. Please get on there, at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and on Instagram, it's at The Fight Disciples, and we're all over YouTube as well. Congratulations to Portia Doyle, who was our competition winner uh, last week. I believe that Portia didn't actually go. Uh, no, no, no. She, uh, she sent me a message saying that she was six months pregnant, and could she um, offload the tickets to her boyfriend, and I think she said brother, uh, of which we sorted out for her, so hopefully they enjoyed the show on... Uh... And Dan Cremona was our other winner off Facebook. Oh, there two winners. There you go, you see. So Darren went, uh, Darren's from Blackpool went down there with some of his squaddy mates. There you go. Another cracking mate. There you go. So thank you very much for following us on those platforms, uh, and we encourage, if, if you don't follow us on those platforms, encourage you to do so because we'll be giving away more tickets uh, in the not-too-distant future for uh, certain boxing shows that are happening uh, here in the UK. Now... One man that definitely does follow us on these social media platforms, and you've heard him on our show, actually, uh, as part of the Merseyside Christmas special. When Nick does his uh, Radio City talk show, uh, he invites in Chris Walker, who's, uh, who's a nice lad, uh, and then he invites in Foz, who's a shithouse, right? <laughs> and that's where I'm starting with the show today. Now, of not- all the stuff to talk about yeah. that went on in Liverpool, Don't worry. the core boxing... Listen. We're going to start with Foz the Dirty Rat. That's it. That's Don't worry. Terry O'Connor's getting it in a minute. We're going to talk about Cash Ali biting, and we're going to talk about all sorts of little bits and bats that we spotted at the M&S Bank Arena at the weekend. But I'm starting with Foz. You, you dirty shit house, right? Now, this, I'm, going to, I'm going to out him to every fight disciple. Now, everybody <laughs> has heard on this show me mention Isolt's name, right? Isolt mm-hmm. is a young lady from Ireland, massive fight disciple, followers, uh, has followed us for years, Goes to every show, nearly every show on her own. She's never missed a Frampton show, never missed a Joshua show. And she was over in Liverpool at the weekend. Now, you may remember, I think it was Joshua Povetkin. It might have been Joshua Parker, so I apologise for this, right? Issel was in London on her own. And I'd seen on her social media that she was at the event on her own. So I invited her to come and meet uh, Lomachenko, if you remember, Mm -hmm. right? So she met me after the Wembley gig, came to meet. Usyk, Lomachenko, hung out with Glenn McCrory. We had a right old time. She went her way, I went my way, job done, right? The day after, and I never mentioned this because I didn't want to out him, but the day after, Foz, obviously listening to the podcast, us having that conversation on the podcast, sends me a message going, is this uh, is this Easel all right, like, or what, mate? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? Is she all right? Is she, you know, she looks a good one on, on, on her Instagram. Is she all right? <laughs> So I've gone, listen, she's a nice kid. She's a big fan of boxing. She goes to all these shows on her own. That's it. And he's like going, all oh, right. Next thing I know, right, he's fucking sliding into the DMs, the little dirt bag, isn't he? Right? They've struck up what is, uh, what Esau will class as, uh, as as a friendship. I know what Foz is like. Esau, he's a dirty dog. <laughs> it is what he's doing, right? Now, anyway, at the weekend, big show in Liverpool. Foz is obviously a scouser who's going to the show. Well, let me just recap that little bit yeah. and interject here. Go on, because this is where you come into the, the, the conversation with yes. him at the weekend. So he sends me a text message Saturday morning and I'm fucking, you know, making the kids breakfast. 
He says, because uh, Foss has got wheels now, as we know. Yeah. He said, uh, do you want to lift to the arena tonight for the boxing? So this is a kid that I've fucking driven to many an arena and home, doorstepped him every, every show. So I'm like, yeah, fucking right to do, yeah. Pick me up, drop me off. You can have a bevy then, can't Not you? a problem. I can yeah. have a cheeky one with a few to fight disciples. Not a problem. He said, uh, I'm going early. Bear in mind that the main card started on TV at seven. Yeah. First, I think Jeb was in at five, wasn't he? The undercard was quarter past five right, with Jeb okay. Carroll. Yeah. The arena's 30 minutes from my house. So, you know, you're looking at four, four thirty, pretty reasonable to go. Oh, well, okay. That's a bit early, whatever it may be. He said, uh, I'm going at half one. I said, what the fuck are you going at half one for? Uh, I, I, I'm going via the airport. Oh. And that's when I turn it back to you. Right. Yeah, but he, he told you what he was doing at the airport because that is a, that's an odd thing for him to say, I'm going via the airport, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because it's in the fucking opposite direction. Absolutely. So anyway, what he's done, the dirty dog, after sliding in on the DMs, Esau, so you're coming over to the Liverpool show, are you, on the 30th? <laughs> Obviously, Esau said, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely coming over. Obviously, I'm a big fan of such and such your body and such and such. I want to see the fights. Who are you coming over with? <laughs> As ever, she's coming over by herself. So there he is, knight in shining armour in his little fucking... <laughs> Cleo. In his little Cleo. I'll pick you up from the airport, love. Nobody. Take you for a spot or something to eat. <laughs> and then we'll go watch the fights together. What do you reckon? He's a fucking dirty dog, is what he is. <laughs> you know you did that, Foz. You know you did that. Esau, I apologise for him using the platform of the Fight Disciples in order to... Uh... As his own personal Tinder account. That's what he's doing. <laughs> That's what he's done. He must just go on Fight Disciples followers, swipe left, swipe yeah. left, That's swipe what he left. does. That's what he does. Esau, can you just confirm that he is 100% in a conversation with you, right? He's introduced himself as Foz from the Fight Disciples <laughs> Christmas special, hasn't he? That's what he's done. <laughs> All right, see, so you, we haven't met before, but you might have heard me on the show, you know, casting my aspersions on the Merseyside scene. <laughs> oh, your Foz impression's terrible. I know it is, but it fucking works for this. Brilliant. Anyway. Brilliant. Esau, I hope you had a nice evening. I hope he uh, didn't piss you he off too himself. much. Yeah, exactly. I bet you dropped her off the morning after as well, didn't he? Don't worry, I'll come and get you. I'll drop you off. <laughs> do you want me to come in for a brew do you <laughs> anyway um, that's one thing that, to talk about from the weekend there's plenty of other things to talk about as well uh, including the fact that we're shit at picking British prospects <laughs> really terrible at it and I think at the end of uh, this year when uh, we do our Christmas special uh, we will not be picking anybody from these shores as ones to watch for next year no no not at all What's, it's Scousers I think I think we just need to stop well, choosing yeah. scousers. Well, here we go, right. 2017, mm-hmm. you pick Robbie Davis Jr. European, new European champion, Saturday night. Hang on a minute, right? Bit t- bit touch and go, that fight, to be fair, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. He scraped through it. Uh, but 2017, you picked him. He got chinned. Fight after, right? 2019, uh, I've picked Glover. Fight after, he's got chinned. 2018, I picked Bellotti. Fight after, he got chinned. <laughs> Um, and to be fair, Fowler obviously got beat at weekend. I know he didn't get chinned, but he went to, uh, well, he was the betting favourite going into the fight, wasn't he, against Fitzgerald and he ended up getting beat. So therefore, we've only got Gill. Thank you very much, Jordan Gill. Yep. And Jack Catterall, who fighting more hooker next. So that's me three for three, <laughs> innit? 
Anyway. Oh, dear. Oh, man. Um, People don't come here for the money. No, or they, the tips. No, mate. Come they, here for the laughs. They come here for us to take piss out of Foz. <laughs> and just, you know, wank, have a wank in him or hook a sock. That's all you're here for, isn't it? That's why we've won the best sports podcast two years on the spin sub. It's nothing to do with boxing. No. Um, talk Glover, first of all, because he won before everybody else got to see him on the TV. Yeah. Well, he was fighting that Pajzar who, who Price who? He had fought. That Vaclav <laughs> Pajzar, uh, who's used to fighting up a heavyweight, used to fighting monsters. Price fought him and knocked him out, I think, in two at Goodison Park tonight. That Bell you beat uh, Makabu. Um, so he's no stranger to travelling. And I think it was a case of being matched up with Glover back down at cruiserweight as natural weight. I think he just thought, I can afford to take one here because I'm used to getting chimmed by yeah. heavyweight. So he, he was kind of just letting his hands go and... No, obviously it's a setback for Glover, but he did get caught cold in that first round. He got caught with a heavy shot. He made it back to his feet, and at this stage in his career, it's all about experiences, and it's all about how he takes this moving forward. He got through the round, but obviously he was a little bit of a mess. Mm. Um, and uh, he got he come out in the second round, still wasn't quite right, still didn't have his, his legs under him. Pajar, to his credit, he just went for it. like mm. He just started letting his hands go, and uh, the referee stopped Glover on his feet. At one point, he, he looked like he twisted his ankle. His legs were doing a little bit of a dance. So, listen, I, I, ain't, I ain't upset by the stoppage because Glover comes again and he didn't get a heavy knockout defeat, which can uh, which can harm people. But um, it is a setback because this like this cruiserweight division domestically is not only exciting, but it's kind of wide open as well. It's crying out for someone oh, yeah, to just 100%. barge the way through. So I'm still convinced that Glover will go on to win British honors. Absolutely, yeah. Right. Uh, listen, when Robbie Davis got beat back in 2017... I didn't for a second go, oh, that's him fucked. No. I, I thought, that'll be the making of him, that. Because he, he had a lot of I personal think, stuff going yeah. on and everything else, and Robbie bounced back and bounced back in the start of the weekend. So yeah. I think with Glover, the problem is, once you go above, certainly once you go above light heavy, you know, cruiser, certainly heavyweight, of course, it's just one shot, isn't it? These guys pack so and, much power. And as well as that, it can be one shot. The Valili fight, where he was absolutely superb, he was yeah. the underdog going into that fight, so he had to be mentally switched on, a little bit cuter and all that, and he was brilliant that night, and yeah. he got that victory sensational. Tonight, the w- at the weekend, he was the favourite going in there, you yeah. know what I mean? He might have just took his eye off the ball a little bit, you don't you don't know. You're going on it's second, a good lesson. at fucking five o'clock, yeah. when basically everyone, people haven't even started coming in yet. Mm. It, it's never a good look. But it's a good lesson. It, it is a good lesson for him. Don't yeah. switch off, take it, respect everybody that you're getting in the uh, in the ring with. Yeah. Um, Go on, we'll go Fowler Fitzgerald. We'll talk biting last because it was proper shit house move. We'll go, we'll go Fowler Fitzgerald. I tell you something, fair fucks to you, Scott. Absolutely fair play. I genuinely thought that you would get blown away in this fight. I thought your head had gone. I thought that you were all over the place. However, when I did see the press conference a little earlier in the week, I thought, have you played a bit of a blinder here? Have you gone social media crazy in order to get under Fowler's skin? Because it was Anthony that looked a little bit more revved up at the uh, at the press conference. Uh, and I thought Scott were a little bit more cooler and a little bit more calmer. Um, obviously, the weight thing, trying to get down, I think he ended up having four attempts in order to get on bang on 11 stone, which he ended up getting on. But when it came to fight night, I thought he looked strong. I thought he looked... First three rounds, it were it were foulers, right? Yeah. First one were a little bit touch and go. Second and third, I thought fouler. Yeah, all right, here we go. This is probably what I expected. He's going to bust him up by about five or six. He'll take him out of there. Fourth round, I thought he looked cool calm his shot selection was good he was doing the cleaner work and until the ninth I mean the seventh you could probably maybe throw towards Fowler but until the ninth when Fowler absolutely threw the kitchen sink at him I thought he looked brilliant really really good and then obviously nearly getting uh, Anthony out of there in the 10th really good performance from Scott Fitzgerald really surprised me um, and I think both men come out of this fight 
with an immense amount of credit. It's not one yeah. of them where I'm going, oh, foul was fucked. Because no, it no, were, no. It, you, you could literally have tossed a coin at the end of it. It all comes down to maybe, how did you see the seventh round? How did you see, yeah. you know, those early uh, did rounds? You, did you, at the end, before they lifted someone's arm, how did you, what, what was... I scored it exactly like the two judges scored it that went with Fitzgerald. So therefore, yeah. on the knockdown, he won it. Yeah. And I've watched it back last night just to confirm that thought process. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can understand how someone might have, going into the last round, how they can have Fitzgerald one up or they can have Fowler one up. I don't think it's any wider than that, going into the last round. Yeah. Because that seventh round, it is a little bit nip and tuck. I gave it Fowler, so I had it 5-4 going in. But you could have given it Fitzgerald if you really wanted to. Yeah, well, I had, I had Fowler one up going into the ninth. And I thought he won the, the ninth convincingly. He caught him. Oh, did you? Court. So I had Fowler two up going well, into the last. I so had... for me, all Fowler had to do was stay on his feet right. to win the fight. Um, well, going into the last, I had Fowler off the back of the ninth one up. So going into the last round, yeah, same I had him as two one the judges. up. So you had him two up going into the last round. I had him two up, round. yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, you know, the knock, as I say, the way Fitzgerald overcome the, um, that that uppercut in round nine and that t- that push, that real surge from Fowler where he was looking for the finish and he couldn't miss with that uppercut for that, for a, 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 literally a 90 second spell in the ninth round. I thought Fitzgerald was rocking there and I, th- I was expecting Fowler to put him down and kind of rubber stamp the victory. But uh, to overcome that in the ninth and then to come back at the last minute of the ninth round, punching, and then to dominate the 10th round the way he did, obviously he lands that big shot. Um, I think it was a little bit naivety from Fowler to just go toe-to-toe with him in the, t- in the, ni- in the 10th round in a fight that I thought he was... And the two judges he should have just jabbed his head, head off because he'd won the fight. Could have je- Should have kept jabbing. But you know what? For me, I thought... Fitzgerald in the manner he did just to get that knockdown and cool he was and then you know instead of instead of pushing to finish Fowler as well he stood off and started celebrating and young Peter McGrail the European champion and the, the, the Olympic fucking hopeful was sitting right behind me and even he was in my ear he was saying why is Fitzgerald not going for it like fucking hell he must know it's close why is he standing off yeah. and then I'm getting visions of Sam Maxwell the week before and that French kid that stood off golden him and then suddenly get caught and I was like Fitzgerald could regret not trying to finish it, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but listen, as soon as it got, like, the, when they came out for the 10th, I was, and I know press, you're not supposed to react and all that, we've been told off before for yeah. it, but I was like, everyone get the fuck up and give these two a stand innovation, because this has been brilliant, brilliant, I thought the two of them were sensational, and I'm watching it four or five rounds in, and I, you know, I think Fowler's ahead on the cards early on, Fitzgerald comes back into it, there's so, so many rounds of nip and tuck, but I'm watching it and thinking, this is the this is why this was fight of the night. These two are brilliant. These two have got the potential to go all the way. And someone had said to me, someone was like, "This is like Groves versus the Gale." Mm. And I'm like, "You know what? I'll Maybe. give you that. Yeah. You know, Fowler was the better amateur. Yeah. But like Groves, Fitzgerald gets the win in the pros. This is far from done. These two will definitely dance again. Do I want to see it next? No. No. Definitely not. Let them crack on. I want to see Fowler go that way, kind of like Rocky Fielding and Callum Smith. I want to see Fowler go that way and Fitzgerald come, go that way. And maybe in three or four years' time, they meet again in a world title fight because one of these will become world champion. If not, both of them will fight for world titles. I thought they were brilliant. Watch the fight back. What, what I love most of all is I love a double jab. I think a, a good, strong double jab. I fucking love it. Watch how many more than, times. More than a body shot? No, not more than a body shot, obviously. But I love a good double jab because you're yeah. like, bam, bam, get that stitched. Right down a pipe, right on the nose. <laughs> the amount of times. Stitched. The amount of times in 10 rounds. 10 rounds. Both of them threw a double jab. Both of them. At the same time? S- yeah, same yeah. time. Yeah, it was great. Snapped each other's head back twice. Like, yeah. both of them. They must have done it 10 times throughout the yeah. fight. And I was just, I'm sitting there fucking applauding. Knocking away. one out. I- I'll be honest. I thought 
like you're right 100% to pay tribute to Fitzgerald the way he handled it all I thought it got to him I thought his head had gone I'd said on this show many times I don't think he'll turn up on the night I think he's fucking I think he's panicking I think you know he he was just showing signs of missing weight and all that he was showing signs of someone that was going to unravel big style cash maybe not cash Ali style but someone that was going to get in there and get caught in the headlights but he absolutely didn't but you know the flip side of that I think Fowler didn't either. No. I think the two of them talked the talk and the two of them walked the walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both turned up. They both put it on. Fowler, the amount of time, like anyone that's watched Fowler through his early progression, he was under so much control by Dave Caldwell in this fight for 10 rounds. He was so on Fowler. Like go back 18 months, six months ago where he was just letting his hands go more freely that he was taking one to land one. He wasn't doing that here. He was cool. He was calm. He was collected. Going into that 10th round, he had a massive ninth round, obviously, with the uppercuts. And between rounds, and I, I was chatting to, to Gary Shaw, who was sitting next to me, who's a boxing historian, and I was saying to Gary, this is the best I've seen Fowler because he's, he's, he isn't getting sucked into a fight. He isn't ch- trying to go toe-to-toe. He's been calm. He's been relaxed. He's lost rounds, but he's won rounds. Mm. He knows he's ahead on the scorecards. He's boxing exactly how Dave Caldwell wants him to box. He's not letting, you know, He's not doing anything stupid. And then obviously comes out in the 10th and the two of them start opening up and he's the one that ultimately gets caught. But that could so easily have been Scott Fitzgerald. Honestly, I've got nothing negative to say about evil lad in this fight. Nothing whatsoever. I can't argue with the judges' scorecards. I'm surprised that that Eric Maronan, the the Scandinavian kid, he had it 96-94 to Fowler, Hmm. which means going into the last, he had it 96-92. I'm presuming he must have given Fitzgerald a 10-8 round like everybody. He had 96-92. That can't be right. That was a bad scorecard. Mm. It had to be one or two either way going into the last. And I say, for me personally, I scored it a draw. I, I had Fowler two up going into the 10th. Fitzgerald to give him a 10-8 round. I scored it a draw. But you know what? I, I, certainly, decision, ain't, so. I certainly ain't taking a, a split decision victory as from Scott Fitzgerald away from anybody. Mm. And even even Bell, you like... He's got a vested interest in Fowler, obviously, from the same camp and everything else. And even even he turned round and before he did before he went on Sky and he looked at me and he just went, shrugged his shoulders and he just went, Fair Fox, man. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Fitzgerald overcome that to land that big shot to turn the fight around at the death. That's what this sport's all about. That's why we love it. Got a feel for the main event, because everybody fucked off, didn't they? Pretty much. <laughs> honestly. I know Scott said he was bringing loads down from Preston, but fuck me. They were just they were out singing all the scousers in there, because obviously they were it's like when you it's an away game innit so yeah, you're always yeah, yeah. saying well done on away game and uh, they were right off for it man the problem was as soon as Scott won the fucking party went outside which was a shame because I thought Liam Smith was world class yeah but the contest wasn't world class we, we, no. they'd just seen the best contest of the night of course and oh, then, the party was done yeah 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 but for the boxing purist for someone that goes <clears throat> you know if you're going to go to the box I, I, for someone like Liam Smith in the future, you want to be able to go, oh, yeah, I've seen one of the Smith brothers box live. Oh, yeah, I've seen Liam Smith box live. Before I get this. Canelo, who's been a world champion. I've seen him the night he boxed Sam Eggington. I tell you what, he was sensational for five yeah, rounds. Yeah, but you, you know, knew that that, that, was yeah, you knew that was going to happen. You knew that was going to happen because Sam, yeah. Sam shot. Yeah, With yeah. all due respect to him, he, he's not on Liam's level no, at all whatsoever. No. This was a coming out party for Beefy. That's that's what this was. This was we, he's now signed for Matchroom. Here he is. We've got Liam Smith. He's a scouser. He's top of the bill. There you go, sunshine. And with all due respect, Sam was kind of fed to him a little bit. Of course, he's got to go and do the business. And he's got to get up for it. And he's got to go and put the performance in. Yeah. And he was great. I actually thought he could have got stopped a lot earlier, man. Yeah, me too. Because he just battered the living daylights out. Of I'd him. have pulled him out sooner. Yeah. 
Listen, listen, Sam's a tough kid, and he so Sam's of course got, he Sam, is. and he's a top kid. You're gonna have but to, but he pull, isn't on that level. You're gonna have to pull. You're gonna have to pull, pull Sam out of fights like this. But the worst thing for Sam Eggington was, and I spoke to Liam about this the day before at the uh, at the weigh-in. Sorry, the media day on the Thursday, and I spoke to Liam and said, "Listen, you know, there's a, the problem with fighting sparring partners is." Even in under the lights with cameras and the fans and everything else, it's easy to slip into Spar. sparring mode. Yeah. And I was like, if you do that, like the place will just empty. I'd obviously at the time I didn't realise it pretty much empty anyway. <laughs> but I was like, you know, you're worried about it's your first fight back at home, the cameras are there, everything else. It's a spar a form of sparring part. Beefy doesn't come across as that type of but, guy but though. It, but Beefy's a bit like, you know, Beefy would fight anyone. Yeah. He'd, he'd fight his own grandmother if he could. That's just the kid he is. He just loves a fight. And I think he was he was like, no, I'm going to put on a show. I want to show people how what world class looks like. I want to show people that I deserve. I need to get back in world class sooner rather than later. I'm trying to make a statement, not just for Liverpool, mm-hmm. but for internationally. Well, I want to see that. the world champions. And he did. He was outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Took Sam apart, former European champion. And listen, I know Sam's struggling right now. Uh, he was poor last time out. I think he was much better here. But it's levels, man. I put this on Twitter. This sport's about levels. And there was only one world-class fighter in that ring, and that mm. was Liam Smith. I thought mm. he was great. Mm. Um, Robbie Davis going uh, life and death with uh, Joe Hughes. Fucking hell. Joe, first of all, before we talk about... Terry. Terry. <laughs> don't even like to say his name. It's like fucking Voldemort. I'd rather just say he who shall not be named. Yeah. But... First of all, how fucking good and effective is Joe Hughes? Yeah, he's very good. For a man with one arm. Yeah. Effectively. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's got that disability with his right arm, so he can't actually use it like anyone would use it. How the fuck has he become European champion? No idea. With a left hook? It's unbelievable. That's just absolutely testament to him as an individual and a person that with a, dis- a disabled arm, he has got to the, t- the peaks of being European champion. And I've got to be honest, and I haven't seen Robbie or spoke to Robbie yet, but I put it on Twitter. I thought he won this fight. I thought, I thought he'd it. nicked it. I had him two rounds up going. I had him two up at the end of the fight. Yeah. I, th- I thought he did so much good work early on. And I thought, yes, we got nip and tuck in the middle and then Robbie started strongly. But Joe couldn't miss with that left hook. Yeah. And, jo- and Robbie Davis couldn't figure it out. And that's why Robbie Davis, in the end, had to fight Joe Hughes in a phone box. Going into that fight, you think, effectively, I'm fighting a guy that I know... 80% of his arsenal, 90% of his arsenal is his left arm. That's it. So all I've got to do is negate that from range and I can pick him off. Yeah. But he couldn't. Joe Hughes couldn't miss. So in the end, they had to change the tactics in the corner. Dave Tonks had to go, listen, Rob, you're going to have to get it, get your head on his chin. I don't care how fucking busted up your face is. You're going to have to get in there and fight this guy in the trenches. That's my only concern as a huge Robbie Davis fan, one of my, as a former prospect of the year of mine. This is another fight I'm seeing him winning in the trenches. Yeah. He's, he's, better he's a boxer, that. he's, better he's a that. switch hitter, he's a stylist, but he's winning in the trenches. And winning in the trenches takes years off your life. Mm. You save winning in the trenches for world title defences against fucking Mexicans who won't go away. I would like to have seen... I, going into this fight, I thought he would outbox Joe Hughes comfortably. I thought he would have too much skill and would be able to read Joe too easily. But once again... Maybe that's a testament to well, Joe Hughes and yeah, how but, he can fucking apply his game. Yeah, but that's that what Terry off. saw. Terry saw that he had too much skill. What the fuck is Terry O'Connor <laughs> doing near a boxing ring? <laughs> For those Period. That, if this is the first time you ever listen to Fight Disciples, Nick is Terry O'Connor's biggest fan. Not only as a ref, but now as a judge. Goes back five, six years, this, you know. Maybe more, maybe ten years. Maybe ten years. It could be ten years I've been campaigning to get Terry O'Connor thrown out of British boxing. Could be ten years, seriously. Seriously? 118, 110. What the fucking hell was that? 
Can you believe that? Can you believe it? So Joe Hughes won two rounds in the eyes of Terry O'Connor. That's right. Are you fucking kidding me? Look at look at Robbie Davis's face. To be fair, have you seen Terry O'Connor? Have you seen him recently? Yeah. He's got eyes like Tevin Farmer, mate. He might not have been fucking looking at the right thing. One eighteen, one ten. When oh that came God. out, I was like, "What?" And then it said, "Terry O'Connor, one eighteen, one ten. I went, "For fuck's sake, Tez, what are you watching, lad?" I thought, I thought his spectre was gone forever when he hit retirement age as a referee. Mm. And I thought, Grace, see you fucking later. The sport will be better off for it. I didn't know he was going to pop up as a fucking judge every other week. He's, he's got to, hey, he's got to get that extra pants. coin, ain't you? You've got to get that retirement money, son. He's absolutely fucking pants, mm. honestly. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. Unreal. <laughs> I can't believe it. Honestly, I can't believe it. I don't know what was the worst. His performance on Saturday in that fight or fucking Cash Ali's performance. So Cash Ali's probably going to get banned for 18 months, two years. Where's Terry O'Connor's fucking ban for turning in a card like that? He didn't bite anybody, mate. Someone, someone on t- someone <laughs> he didn't on t- bite anybody. Can I? Sure. Felt like he took a bite out of me. Someone come at me on social media. Want to fight the disciples? Can't find the tweet now. I'd love to have name check someone, but they were like, "Is uh, Terry O'Connor shagging Adelaide Bird?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, man, good fucking shout. Maybe he is." How much did it kick off when Cash Ali tried to get out the ring? Mate, that was funny as fuck. Did you see Eddie's tweet as well? Eddie Ains tweet saying, "Real number one, don't, don't bite, bite a scouser or something." <laughs> don't bite a scouser in Liverpool. <laughs> You know what? I'm I'm all for You're all for it. No, you're I, all for I'm all, getting dirty. I'm, I'm getting all dirty. for like, you know, don't don't encroach on a football pitch and punch a fucking player. Don't do all that kind oh, of here stuff. You go. Hang on don't attack minute. athletes. Don't and be all doing that. this. However, last week you were giving it the fucking poo lev, which we're gonna talk about in a minute. Now however, you're saying it's all right to give somebody a dig on the way out of the ring. It is <laughs> it's absolutely sound to give someone a dig. Who's walking back from the ring? Who's three punches like that? The only people I said not three punches, for, bit, <clears throat> bit. Sorry, yeah, yeah. The only people I feel sorry for is Simon and and his cool as fuck security team that Mate, they sorted it. shows. They nipped it in the they're bud, the best man. ever. They're, they're the fucking best ever. Absolutely, I'm not just saying that because he's my mate, but they're the best ever. But even they, like I know Simon must have thought, oh fuck, how the hell do we get this guy back in the dressing room now? How do we get him through when there's eight thousand scousers <laughs> want to tear him a new asshole? It was fucking mental. And obviously, everyone's probably seen the footage. L- Lager coming off tier three. Never yeah. mind the fucking tier one. And then people fucking swinging shots at him and everything. Brilliant. He deserves everything he gets. The fat fuck. <laughs> I hope he never, ever graces it- a boxing ring again. Um, British Boxing Board of Control have taken his license off him. They suspended him. There's going to be a hearing about what yeah. he did at the weekend. But it was just filth, mate. Absolute filth. Listen, we've seen it before. We've seen Tyson do it. We've seen various other things like that. When you go into a boxing ring, you expect to get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. That's that's the game. You don't expect someone to fucking open up and do that. His ass went. He absolutely shit his pants. He did. The, the, the stupid. Did the stupid thing about it is though, he was in the fight. Well, mate, he, wa- he was in the fight. He wasn't. He wasn't out the fight, and he just had his best round. That's like, what I mean. The fifth round was his best. He lost all four. He lost every round. Don't get me wrong, but the fifth round was his best round because yeah, it the- looked like Pricey was waiting to get his second wind a little bit. There you his go. Work rate We've seen Pricey down. do that. We've seen Pricey gas at that particular point. So why is he fucking done that there? Because it, listen, he threw one overhand right, and that was in the first minute of the first round. He didn't throw it again after that. He was just in survival mode as a. For me, he did what Pricey said he was going to do. He became a sparring partner. He went backwards. However, those tactics could have played out as the fight progressed because in the fifth round, Pricey's work rate 
was which was high for four rounds, teeing off, teeing off. Suddenly in the fifth, it just dropped slightly. Yeah. Everyone's seen it. Because even people on the media were like me were going, uh-oh, is Pricey blowing? I'm like, it can't be. He's pissed every round. He's teeing off at will. But I get it. His work rate has slow. But maybe he was like, okay, I can either stand here and fucking punch hole in you like a punch bag, but you're not going to go anywhere. Or... I'm going to have to step back against the ropes, drop me work rate to let you throw that right hand again so I can nail you. Maybe that's what Pricey's conscious thought is. Okay, you're just fucking shelling up. You're just surviving. So I need to give you some impetus to let something go so I can actually catch you with something. I don't know, we'll get Pricey on, we'll, talk, we'll ask him about it. But in terms of Cash Ali, yeah, he fucking blew it. You know, he, this was his big moment. And here, he, he had the opportunity to basically fucking define his own boxing career by getting a win over an Olympic gold, Olympic medalist in Pricey. Mm. And who knows what comes next. Mm. But instead, he took the coward's way out by front, by biting. And you only do that because you, you panic. You're, you're in an environment you're not comfortable in. He wasn't professional at all. It has been done. Listen, it's been done before. British boxers have done it before. Derek Chisora got done for it yeah. once. But Derek Chisora didn't get disqualified. He won that fight. It was in, Afterwards, they checked the footage and all that and he got punished for it. Uh, I think the only the only one is Adrian Dodson. Adrian Dodson did it in a Commonwealth title fight 10 years ago or whatever. He got disqualified in that Commonwealth title fight. Suspended for 18 months, fined, whatever. Cash Ali will get suspended for 18 months, two years. And hopefully that'll mean... He didn't do it once, though. I mean, no, I, 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 did it, did you know... Did you know... said to me yesterday he did it four times. He reckons yeah. he did it four times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, did you see the first one on the arm? Only on the replay. Because I, te- I texted you as he was going on and I, and I like, said, he's bit- about? yeah, he's bitten him. Yeah, no. Everyone at ringside was like, what? And I went, yep, yep, yep. Honestly, my man's here. He's just told me he's been bitting him. So we didn't actually see it at ringside, no. But then I didn't see Pricey go like, fucking hell, ref, he's bit me He's off. weird, Pricey, isn't he? Most people, like when, for example, when Tyson bit Olifield, Olifield's going fucking wild. He's pointing at the ear. Fair enough, he bit his ear off, right? Yeah. <laughs> but he's giving, it the, he's giving it the bigger and he's letting everybody know what the fucking crack is. Miles Lane had a bit of a disaster for a couple of minutes, but you know what I mean? That's what he yeah. did. Pricey just... Calm as fuck. Just, the guy just bit you in the arm. And Excuse then he me, goes, Mr. Referee. Yeah. Can I make an, a, a, can Mace, I a complaint, please? Mace, he's just bit me. <laughs> That's basically what it is. And then the rest are going, all right, Pricey, crack on, lad. And then it's only until he's took a chunk out his fucking stomach. And it's a bad and that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Did he spit his gummy out? I didn't see that. He I must have so. spat it out, mate, because you can't make that dint it's with your gummy to, in. Well, it, I guess it fucking depends how big your mouth is, but, or how fuck. big your gummy is, but it was a, it was a good old bite like and he, you know you could see the fucking the Mate, ring it's proper done it and obviously Joe Mack was going ballistic at that point we seen it on the footage but just on that point Miles Lane lost control the main man yeah fucking hell he didn't lose control did he no you know, I'm like, he went right fuck off exactly no. because, and that was the beauty of having someone like Mark Lyson and every fight disciples and no I had Mark Lyson on this show couple on Radio City show a couple of weeks ago everyone knows his backstory he's fucking amazing Liverpool lad moved to America became a good boxer state champion, all that stuff, then move back and wants to get back into boxing, decides to become a referee. They're the type of referees sport needs. I wish football was the same. We need referees who are ex-players in football, but I digress. Coming back, I thought he was fucking brilliant. At one point, I thought he was going to chin cash, Charlie. <laughs> That's how aggressive he was, wasn't he? He was like, get out of here! Get out of here! This is supposed to be professional! When he took a point off him, yeah. for the, in round the back of the head, that weird Donkey Kong punch. Yeah, yeah. He pushed him back to the corner, like properly threw him back like he was about to have it with him. 
and he was going to him, act fucking professional, act professional, hey! <laughs> and I was like, yeah, go on, Mark, take control. That would be brilliant if it had kicked off with yeah. him and just started laying it and on just him. fucking Mark the crowd, out. The crowd would have been <laughs> loving it. Go on, lad. Imagine if Mark had just laid Cash Ali Gone full out. WWE. Boom, there we go, done. Mark straight away, rank 20 in the UK, heavyweight rank. That's it, straight in. He's fighting <laughs> Pricey next week. But no, listen... All joking apart, Cash Ali hopefully gets a long-term suspension. I don't think anyone is any rush to see him back in the sport again. Shit like that. But for Pricey, kind of like Sam Maxwell the other week. Needed that big viral moment. Needed that big moment where everyone's talking about him. Okay, it wasn't in the script, but he got the final round knock, knockout in the final round. Sensational. Kind of perversely here. You know, this is not what Pricey wanted. Of course he isn't. But every social media blew up. Everyone in America's talking about it. It was on Sports Center in America. Just look at this guy and biting again in the UK and blah blah. Gets disqualified. Cash Ali looks like a cunt, but Pricey comes out of it. It's more headlines for David Price. He gets a bigger fight next. Of course. So now he's the thing is though with Pricey. He's pretty, isn't he? The thing is with Pricey. The Tom Little fight. Many were saying, "Oh, but it's a premature stop." Pricey had him going, and he was denied that big finish in that yeah. particular fight. He's been denied a because fi- he had the Ali going at that point until he was fucking speared onto the deck and then the biting. Yeah, so he's denied another moment there. So he's had two wins on the spin, but unconvincing performances. Let's be honest; they've been unconvincing. He hasn't had that moment. Has he's he really not had that goes, exactly that. Put man, that right? out. And I don't know what you're like. I mean, he's we owe a lot to Pricey. He was the first ever guest on Fight Disciples. He was fucking dynamite that day when he really came in that first ever show. <laughs> did the whole show naked. He's fucking <laughs> off his head. Go back to the first ever episode and listen to it. He was brilliant that day talking about his career and what have you. And we kind of owe him. He's become a pal over that last three and a half years for me. I know you've known him a lot longer than that. I've, I proper shit myself when I'm watching him. I'm, I'm on the edge. I feel sick watching him. Like, like no other fighter. Even like crawler or anything like that. I don't feel those nerves or that that's thing that, in the that pit of my stomach. Yeah, that thing one the, shot and I'm mate, I'll be up, in the yeah. pit of my stomach, it's horrible watching him. I just think, just fucking land, land. I'm just constantly talking to myself all the way through the fight. And then someone throws a big over him right. I'm like, <laughs> it's horrible to watch. Yeah. And going in, like you would think now, the Lucas Brown, Dave Allen fight. Yeah. He's going to get some scraps off that. Yeah, well, you think he'll be ringside, and because whether it's that or whether maybe Chisora or whatever it may be, there's a big fight. I can't go to it. There's I can't go and watch either of that. I can't go and watch it because Dave Allen's tough as fuck, right? Price could hit him with kitchen sink for eight rounds, and then that big ball or punch would come in, it'd be good night. Yeah. Horrible. But you don't. Just text me at result. So one of the fight disciples had messaged me as well before the fight, just before the fight, and he'd said, Have you, and he'd sent me a link. Basically, Cash Ali was on record, however. No Cash Ali. He's not getting paid, No mate. Cash Ali, yeah, yeah. He was on record a year or so ago saying, and he'd sparred Dillian White, Chisora, Price, everyone, not, it wasn't AJ, but pretty much everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And he'd said, by far the biggest hit is David Price. By far. So, And everyone in the industry says that as well. People in the industry say he's a bigger hitter than Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Well, Anthony Joshua says that because he laid him out. <laughs> exactly. But the problem with Price is it's getting to that position to be able to land that shot without taking a shot. <sighs> and that's, that's, but then isn't that part of the excitement? No, not Price? when it's your fucking mate. No. no and, and I know that. I mean, just as a boxing fan, is this why David Price is unmissable TV? Yeah. Because he is, he's like, he's, 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 he's a con. He, he's kind yeah, he's kind of like a car crash waiting to happen. However, if he doesn't, he'd be fucking sensational and you think, wow, here we go. I think that, for that reason, yeah, we're right. 
it would have been lovely to see him get that one punch knockout to Cash yes. Ali. Yes, here we go. Let's march straight on. But unfortunately, that's not. And I've spoke to Pricey about this many times. His boxing career just isn't <laughs> that yellow brick road. It isn't straight at all. It's fucking spaghetti junction. It's mental. Where this ends up, I don't know. But for some reason, he's had to fucking go through some incredible knockouts, some weird performances, gassing out in public, and then, you know, losing to fucking proven drug cheats more than once, you know twice, three this, times. This. Where does his journey end? That's right. why it's so I'll fascinating. I'll tell you, this, this is where it, we are going to end up where David Price is walking to the ring to challenge for a world title. AJ. That's what we're, That's what's going to happen. It's fucking mental. The whole thing's mental. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but we're going to be in a point where we're going, Price is fighting for a world title this weekend. It's going to be mad. Fucking hell. Imagine how nervous you're going to feel then. I'm not going. Heart will literally be beaten out of your chest. Unreal. Well, you texted me, you were going, I'm a fucking terrible. I can't believe it when Pricey fights. My nerves are everywhere, my nerves are everywhere. And I'm like, I'm reading the text and I'm like, what's he talking about? And then I looked down and realised my heart is actually beating three inches <laughs> out of my chest. My hands are clammy as fuck. But in this fight, two rounds in, and I'm cool as fuck then. I'm sitting back on my chair because no, I'm like... I'm never cool. No, I am because I'm like, Cash Ali, with all due respect, is a bum. He's got no, he's level. It's levels. He's nowhere near Pricey's level. There's absolutely zero to worry about. But this about is Pricey. It doesn't matter who, what, who the fucking dude is. You just need one. That's all you need, don't you? Anyway, I'll tell you what was good at the weekend, away from this card, um, your mate, David Aventia. Sorry, before we move on, I just want to tip thy cap at Philip Bowes, the Commonwealth title fight against Tom Fazer Farrell. I thought Bowes was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he was. I think Fazer, you know, he was he's a tough kid, Tom, and he, you know, he really fancied this. He put a lot of work in, and Bowes was up against it a little bit. Um, but I just thought he was sensational. He was too sharp. He was too quick. His jab was sensational. Um, and I was really impressed with Philip Bowes and that super lightweight division now we talked about him earlier Sam Maxwell I'd love to see Sam Maxwell Philip Bowes I'd love to see Sam Maxwell maybe fight for that vacant British title maybe even Sam Maxwell versus Tom Farrell for that vacant British title which I'm guessing Robbie Davis is going to give up now but um, just want to before we move on I just want to say Philip Bowes he was top. under pressure in Liverpool big fans against him I thought he was excellent now we have spoken about Kerman on many many occasions on this show yeah. Fresh out of Spain, knocking dudes out for fun. He fought Frankie Gavin recently and put on an absolute superb performance. Listen, this guy is an absolute killer. And for David Avencian to go into this kid's backyard, beat him up and stop him in nine rounds, for fucks to brilliant. you. brilliant. I, I watched the whole fight. It's Avencian outstanding. was fucking brilliant. No wonder Josh Kelly didn't fancy it. I'm telling you. I am absolutely telling you. The rumours are going to go crazy now. Ill? Nah, mate. I've seen the tapes. Ass went. <laughs> Yeah, man. And you know what? Josh Kelly's so early in his career. In Why would you want that? In hindsight, it? it was a fucking blessing that he got ill. Here we go, ill. <laughs> <laughs> because Aventian's no joke, man. He's fucking no joke. And But you know what? It was an amazing night for Neil Marsh, the manager, the boxing manager. You know, Neil Marsh has been in boxing a long time. He's had a lot of fighters. And, you know, he may not be as a familiar management name as, as Eddie Hearn or fucking MTK or whatever. But Neil's been dedicated to this sport for a long time and for him to have Robbie Davis and David Aventian on the same night in two different cities on two different um, one in Spain one in Liverpool one in the UK become European both champs. become European champions yeah. what a fucking night for him like that is incredible but Aventian man you know he's listen he's former regular champion oh, mate, yeah, at world mate, level he knows what he's doing. you know what I mean he's no joke but 
I just think that is such a fucking that illness now in hindsight was such a blessing for Josh Kelly because Eventian's the real deal, man. Kim and Laranja, we were on this show, we were like, this fucking kid's on his way to a world title shot. Yeah. He's spearheading this whole Spanish revival, if you like, or this Spanish domination or this new age of Spanish boxing. Eventian goes over there and just fucking puts him out. Brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. Uh, did you see Gavodic? Yes, I did see Gavodic, yeah. Mm. I was impressed. Yeah. You know, it's never, it's never I thought he's a, a fight by fucking well, injury, mate, but mate, it is what it his is. His opponent shit his pants. Yeah, he wants it out, yeah. Yeah, he wants it Calf out. Calf injury. I've got cramp. Fuck off, you've got cramp. Basically, he's hit you a couple of times and you're thinking, I don't want no more of this smoke and decided to call time on it. Gavodic, though, I'm going to change my opinion, you know. Do you know, a couple of weeks ago when I'm going, this is the dude at light heavyweight. Yeah. He's the man to beat the WBC champion. I was... A, Maybe I'm going to be harsh with what I'm going to say, but I was a little bit underwhelmed with the performance. And maybe it's because he's just come off the back of uh, beating... Well, Stevenson won it. It was the manner of the win over Stevenson that made us go, bomb this guy. Absolutely. He's beaten Stevenson. And Stevenson, as we know, ferocious puncher. And God bless him. I believe he's gone home, actually, now with Donny Stevenson after yeah. those injuries. He's home and he's, he's he's up and about and talking and all that. So great news for from that point of view. But uh, Alexander Gvodic, after that performance, I said, he's the man at, uh, at light heavyweight. You know what I'm like. I like to uh, go a bit all TC. Yeah, I like to get a bit carried away. Um, Watching him at the weekend, maybe it was a motivational thing. Obviously, he's fighting a kid that not a lot of people knew about. He's just come off the back of beating and becoming the champion. It's a lot harder uh, to be uh, the hunted rather than the hunter. And I just thought he looked a little bit sluggish with his footwork, a little bit sluggish with his shot selection compared to performances that I've seen recently from other light heavyweights, the likes of Baturbiev, the likes of Bivol, Bivol. all those types. Even of, Kovalev. Even Kovalev, yeah. Even Callum Johnson, those types of kids. I've seen better performances from them compared to what I saw from him at the weekend, but I think there's a lot more to offer. So I'm not going to go OTT and crazy about Gavodic as of yet, but I want to see him fight other elite boys now because I think that will we'll get the best out of him that way. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a crying shame, this light heavyweight division, that they're all tied up with different TV promoters. Tell me about it. Because if World Boxing Super Series could pick any weight class, for this me, is the this one. would be the one. You've got Kovalev, Bivol, Gavodzic, uh, Marcus Brown, Alvarez, Baturbiev, Badu Jack. You probably put Callum Johnson in there. Callum Johnson in there. Josh Buatzi, maybe, is on the peripheries. Joe Smith. Pascal still around, Anti Yard. You know, you could fucking do an unbelievable mm. eight-man lineup. The Joe, by the way, Callum Johnson, Joe Smith, the trying to make that fight, amazing, great fight. You would think yeah. that that would be, I won't say an eliminator, but the winner of that would be is straight back in the mix, aren't they? One hundred percent, yeah, absolutely. So uh, it, it's so attractive right now, and you know what? From a few weeks ago, where we were like, out of all the world champions at light heavyweight, you probably say the weakest one, bizarrely, because he's the number one, is Kovalev. And yet now, after Bivol once again winning yeah. on points, after yeah. Vodzik not really fucking setting the place on flyer. Kovalev and Baturbiev, we out having a, a scrap. I've looked mint. But that's what I mean, <laughs> yeah. So you're starting to look at it now and go, maybe Kovalev is still the fucking daddy in this weight division. So, mate, there's some uh, amazing fights. What are you talking about? Anthony Yard's laying him out, son. Yeah, exactly. He's talking? the A-side. That's it, he's the A-side. And it's happening. A-side, if it doesn't kid. happen in the... It's not happening in the States because he's the A-side. I stand corrected. Anthony Yard is obviously the number one mm. in this weight class. Mm. But yeah, I was a little bit, you know. Do you know who did look good at the weekend? I don't know whether you caught him. My number two prospect of the year, international. Go on. Ryan Garcia. Yeah. Always looks good. Look great. His hand speed's fucking Mate, ridiculous. Second round stoppage. He looked brilliant. 
Uh, 40 like people guy in that, that fucking right. Puerto Rican. My Lopez. number two. Pro- no, you get one. <laughs> you get to choose one guy, mate, and you chose the Olympian. You chose the geezer that's already won a fucking boatload of belts. That's what you That's what you did. <laughs> Devin Haney is who you chose. You didn't get Ryan Garcia, but Ryan Garcia is sensational. He looked brilliant. Yeah, he looked sensational. And what was nice afterwards as well, he, uh, you know, he gets a second round stoppage. The thing with Ryan Garcia and the reason I didn't pick him is he's got such a little baby face. And um, Devin Hay- <laughs> and the- <laughs> What's Devin Haney got? Devin Haney's only about 21. No, no, but he's just... talking about, man? What's wrong for me? I've got to be honest. There's Devin Haney beat him twice in the amateurs. Right. And that's what's wrong. Because I was going with Garcia. And oh, here he is Devin now. Haney was on here the shortlist. He is now. Here but he I switched is. them yeah, round. Yeah, yeah. I switched them round. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so right, kind yeah. of Ryan Garcia's kind yeah. of him on my team anyway. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Listen, by the way, um, for those that don't know, me and Nick are going to New York in a couple of weeks' time uh, for the Amir Khan fight. Spending some of that William Hill money, baby. We are going to be spending a few quid. But on that undercard, Tiafimo's on oh, there. Oh, here we go. Don't, don't Another be, one of my boys. Don't be coming over there smoking his cock. You know, you know, who's that, you know who picked him, all right? <laughs> you stay out of that conversation. Looking forward to seeing Tiafimo in the flesh, yeah? What, watch this. He's going to get chinned, isn't he? We're going to go all the way to New York, <laughs> Madison Square Garden, and he's going to get fucking small. He is, because you picked him. Yeah, That's exactly why. But Garcia calling out uh, Tank Javonta Davis as well. Good shout. They were getting a little bit of uh, action going on social media afterwards. I think Javonta Davis fancies that show as well, so... I don't think that's a million miles away. Just the way Garcia's performing at the moment. You know, he's sleeping guys who are former mm. world title contenders. So there's nowhere else to go, really. Yeah. He's, you know, he's 17, 18 fights into his career now, 18 and 0. Shitload of knockouts. I think the Javonta fight can be made, absolutely. Mm. I think Javonta Davis come back and was like, yeah, man, it'll be like uh, it'll be like Oscar De La Hoya, Mayweather part three. Uh... What? There was no part two. <laughs> Poor Javonta. Hey. Hello? It's not Tank, there. anybody in? It's not there, is it? Okay, no. It's not there. Um, got a little bit of a special message here for uh, Gilberto Ramirez. If you could do us a favour, Gilberto, I know you're fighting in a couple of weeks' time at light heavyweight. If you could just get rid and uh, vacate that super middleweight title, that WBO super middleweight title, because I'm sick to fucking death of interim titles, pal. We spoke yeah. to Billy Joe Saunders uh, a couple of weeks back. He promised us that if the full title wasn't up uh, for his fight against Shefat Isufi, then he will go back down to uh, middleweight and take on the likes of Bubu Andrade for the full title there. Um, however, that's not the case because this isn't Frank's first rodeo. He's managed to get himself a nice little interim title on that particular belt. In fact, I would go as far as to say, I, I would be pretty confident that Gilberto Ramirez will vacate that belt before Billy Joe Saunders steps into the ring and it will be upgraded. Yeah. well, I'd be pretty confident in that. Well, he's already announced, haven't he? Gilberto Ramirez has already announced that he's fighting Tommy Carpency at light heavyweight. Yeah on Nikola Lomachenko undercard. So he's, yeah. he's having his first step into the light heavyweight division before he takes goes for Kovalev or whatever it may be. So well, I'd be surprised if, you know, it, it, it's not done by then, surely. Because the big questions are going to be, in, in LA, in two weeks' time, you give the, you know, you're giving the belt up. You, you can't just have a, you can't just go and fight at light heavy while you're waiting because there's obviously a waiting list of people to fight you at WBO. Billy Joe Saunders has mm. been put forward as the top contender at super middleweight. So so I think he would vacate that. I think so. This yeah. fight with Billy Joe Saunders and Sefa Asufi will be upgraded to yes. full title, I would imagine. Yeah. Then Frank's having a blinder here. Because, Absolutely. Because what Ramirez is going to do then, he's going to go, go on then, I'll have a knock with Kovalev. Exactly. Anthony Yard. Oh, side. I wanted him. I wanted him, <laughs> but that all the, the WBO will fuck me over. Yeah, nice. Well done, Frank. <laughs> Just go on the waiting list for another 12 months, yeah, exactly. son. We'll come back at this in 12 months' time. And listen, we're not knocking fucking Anthony Yard. No, not we're, at both, all. we're both big fans he's of this. He's just not he's ready. He's just yet. not ready. Timing is everything, yeah. and the timing is wrong for him to fight Kovalev right Do you know now. what I wish, though? 
I wish Sunday had just come out and said, we're not ready for that yet. We're, yeah, yeah. we're, we're ahead of where we should be. Mm-hmm. Kovalev's elite. Just say don't that. Run before we don't go say more. we're not going to America for that worthy A-side. <laughs> don't say that. Don't do that, man. <laughs> Here, after uh, last week, obviously talking about Pulev, putting lips on um, that uh, young lass off Instagram. Um, it's all gone a little bit. It's just gone fucking, fucking messy. Hell. People were writing blogs about our show. Yeah, That girl wrote a fucking big blog. And Good. All she did was... She used the research of the entire blog was what I said on the show. Yeah. Talking about that sushi girl's Instagram account and shit like that. That's it. You're a big, you're a big player now, mate. That's it. People write balls. People, people writing articles on you. Um, there's a lot been happening over the last week off the back of that forced kiss, as it's been classed as. Uh, mm-hmm. California have banned um, Kubrat Pulev. There's going to be a hearing about, obviously, what goes on. He's got to, obviously, answer a couple of questions. He's put loads of stuff out on social media. She's then, obviously, got herself legal representation. Obviously. But then there's more videos that have come off the back of that. So she's had, basically, this statement, written statement from, le- from her legal representatives. Then there's a video of her kind of doing a lap dance in the presence of Kubrat Pulev hours after that first kiss. At, at the post-fight. At the post-fight party. And I'm thinking to myself, girl, nobody comes out of this good. No. Not one person is coming out of this good. He's not coming out of it good. She's not coming out of it good. It's sending bad messages to... For other for other females, right? And I've no doubt this is quite difficult. I can't really speak about this because I'm a bloke working in this industry, especially in the world of boxing. But I have spoken to Anna, for example, from Sky on, on numerous occasions, and it's difficult. For girls to break into the broadcast element of any type of sport is very, very difficult, especially into the world of boxing. And when you get good ones, when you get people that actually know what they're speaking about and present it in a really positive and good way and make decent programmes... Acts like this at the weekend and everything that's going on around this situation gives them a bad name as well. You're kind of brought in just by association. Yeah. It's bullshit. It is. And the, but for me, throw them fucking both out. Just chuck them yeah. both out of it. We don't want any of that in this sport because it brings everybody down. Of course. As you say, there's some female presenters who are world class, absolutely, and belong, in, belong covering sports, men's sport, women's sport, whatever it may be. But when you bring a person in to do backstage interviews who and as we pointed out last week she doesn't, doesn't, doesn't really know anything no. about boxing you she can tell sushi mate she's she's got a naked sushi business or whatever it is she's there selling her sexuality to the camera as much as anything else is doing the interview absolutely that said obviously fucking pulav's got absolutely no business putting his hands on her whatever but my thing as i was saying last week there was way more to the story because of her instagram and what Pulav was saying was suggested that something else was going on beyond the cameras. Yeah. They had a closer relationship. And you said that last week that. and yeah. over the last seven days. It's, it's played out. It's all playing out like that. Of course. Mm. So, listen, I think Pulav, because of because of the amount of a shitstorm it's generated in America, will be facing a suspension. Of course he will. But I think also she needs investigating for their part in it. Yeah, I because, agree Because, you know, Pulev's not, Pulev's not just the victim here no he's not been, at all he's been fucking she's been kind of like a predator to him as well mm. so I don't know man but as you said we don't need people like that in this fucking sport mm. Johnny come lately is, if you're mm. in it you're in it great mm. uh, Lamont Peterson's called time after uh, Sergey Lipinitz uh, lit him up yeah. last week where, where do you sit on the Lamont Peterson thing? Because obviously he's a, he's a former world champion. He's done extremely well, but I can't get the bad taste out of my mouth of him drug cheating against Amir Khan. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah. You know, I know that I'm biased with various things that I say on this particular show, but because he he did over one of our boys, I just think to myself, nah, fuck you. 
Sorry, that's just where I'm at. Yeah, of course. Well, he will always have that attached to him, won't he? He will never get away from the fact that he was a Asterix drug cheat. You know, if it, I guess if you were from Washington, you might feel differently. I'm sure you're probably a bit more open to his explanations for those for the drug infringements. But former IBF, WBA like welterweight champion, former WBA welterweight champion, yep. two weight world champion. You know, his his legacy as a boxer is kind of assured anyway. But you're right, he will always have that asterisk. But so will fucking Canelo. So will anyone that fails a drug test in my eyes. Hmm. You know, even fucking Barry who's fighting for the world title. He will always have an asterisk next to it, regardless of what the explanation was, mm. as far as I'm concerned. So, listen, again, if you're from Washington, you're probably fucking rolling out the parade right now, but I think internationally, it is what it is. In a weird situation this weekend, mate, there's no to... Uh, Near get, boxing. There's nothing to get giddy about. So if you are a fight disciple and fancy listening to... Uh, um, an extra special radio show this weekend. Nicholas is coming to join me on hey. uh, on the on Talk Sports. That's right. And uh, basically, we're bringing every single scouser we is. So uh, we should have an action-packed show for you on Saturday evening. Uh, Price he'll talk about is biting. Robbie Davis Jr. will probably sing to us uh, for a bit. We'll try and get older Scott Fitzgerald. There's a few that we're trying to get on the show, so make sure you come and join us for that. So there's a little bit of extra stuff uh, coming your way, even though there isn't any fights to actually watch this no. weekend well, and, I, I, and not in the UFC either no it's fuck a, it what are we going to do this weekend man week. yeah, it's FA Cup as well isn't it I know yeah fucking shite exactly fuck me but it's the Grand National and it's at least we can focus on a bit of GG's <laughs> if anybody wants some Grand National tips keep an eye out Friday and Saturday is I'll that put, what you're doing I'll put you in the right direction <laughs> <laughs> because last I week when he was because well, <laughs> when he did his full Scouse card at the weekend nah two fights in Acha fucking gone gone <clears throat> um, Foz, this is dedicated to you, this show, mate. All right, pal. You and your little romance. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to us. It's been an absolute pleasure. You can subscribe to us via uh, iTunes. Please get there. Look for Fight Disciples. You can also get us on our website, fightdisciples.com, if you need an Android feed. At Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and you can get us all over YouTube. I'm surprised Foz hasn't tagged us in any of his Instagram story at the weekend. He only put a picture of you and him up there. Yeah, I think he's keeping his head down. He's, is it? He, he, he knows this is a shitstorm coming his way. So he, honestly, he'll be refreshing his feed at five past midnight on a Tuesday morning, waiting for this show. Won't he? He'll be listening to it in his little bed, crying his bollocks off. Won't he? The first fight, disciples, baby, on its way. Oh, Esol, who are you, kid? Who are you? <laughs> You've been fuzzed. He's the more hooker of Liverpool, lad. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard. Subscribe via iTunes.